welcome to Creatively Anzi, Stories, Plays and Poems. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Annabelle and I'm going to um doing some podcasting in order to, basically as an audiobook. Um, it wasn't actually my idea, it was my sister's idea to read out some of my no- extracts from my novels, some of the poems I've written and some of the plays and some short stories as well. So I hope you are gonna enjoy this. And this is my podcast. This is the first podcast and the first story. It's a full length novel, it's a YA dystopian novel and it's called The Algorithm. Emotion is outlawed and humans are ruled by the laws of logic. New generation humans or new gens suppress all emotional feelings and every action is dictated by calm logic that is monitored closely by a bioelectrical device known as a COMT that is infused to every human to ensure they comply with the laws of logic. Anderson Asante is emotionally compromised. When he meets Alessandra Zola, a member of the infamous NSR group, he realises just how far some people will go to feel emotion again. Ella. She watched him through the scope of her sniper rifle, her finger pressed lightly on the trigger, her thumb resting on the safety switch, ready to go at the slightest disturbance. The customised M40 wasn't even hers. She'd borrowed it. She didn't intend to use it. No, that's wrong. She didn't want to use it, but she was prepared to. Follow, bring in, or neutralise, Ella recited herself. And by neutralise, they mean kill. Okay, I got this. I won't hesitate this time. I will prove it to them. By them, she meant NSR, the rebellion, who had punished her by stripping away every privilege she ever had and had benched her until further notice. The reason why they hadn't just chucked her out or maybe tossed her into a cell, was because of her one saving grace. Something that she wasn't even responsible for. The legacy of her grandparents. They were were one of the founding members of NSR, and she'd been riding on their coattails ever since, more like living in their shadow. Her hand twitched on the trigger, and she told herself to relax. She had never killed anyone before, despite all the missions she'd undertaken. She'd never had to pull the trigger. Her missions usually revolved around extracting information from machines. They never involved any human contact. She'd been good at it, the best, so naturally and arrogantly, she thought it would translate into other areas. It hadn't. She'd failed spectacularly, and eight people had paid the price. She took a deep breath. I can't fail. I won't. She looked down the scope that was still trained squarely between the eyes of Anderson Asante. No, not Anderson, her mark, her mission. A mission a mission that was the key to reinstating her rank. A mission she would not fail. She spent almost two weeks studying his habits. She knew everything about him. In a few days, she'd approach him carefully. She tailored every interaction she would have with him very carefully. If, no, when she was successful in convincing him to join them, she'd relay the information back to base and bring Anderson in. They would not only reinstate her, they'd thank her. She flinched and glared at her Comte, her personal tracking device and pain in the arse. A Comte, or communication tronics, was a bioelectrical computer that was developed by tech genius Dependa Francis Tronics, who instead of dedicating his genius to creating something useful like the DeLorean, had instead created one of the most sophisticated gauntlets in the world. It was required by law for every human to have this piece of machinery implanted into their forearm. The only way to remove said pain in the arse was via amputation. Unfortunately, because of a very clever loophole, the wires connecting the comte to the cerebral cortex would be brain dead shortly after the amputation anyway. Ella had checked.
the entire rebellion had checked and dedicated years and countless resources into discovering how to remove the Comte. But they'd only ever been able to tamper with the coding, redirect the Comte's data flow, but they couldn't remove it without causing instantaneous and very painful death. She read the message on screen and froze. The message was from Hamza Souza, the leader of the London Rebellion. She'd heard rumours that he could remotely access any Comte, but they were supposed to be rumours. Hello? She said, picking up the call. I trust you had a reason for taking my weapon, a cool voice said. If Ella wasn't currently lying down, she would have fainted. This explained why this sniper was the only sniper not locked up, because no one would be stupid enough to take the leader's weapon. I, um... Her gaze flickered to the building, several miles away. I have Anderson Asante. He's going to join us. I did not see this as one of the missions in your sector, he said, his voice as modulated and as calm as a new gen. It had always fascinated her how well he could speak like them, but still convey emotion. Due to the attack in my division, this was off the book, sir, Ella said, trying to modulate her voice. Having never grown up as a new gen, it was hard to copy their stoicism. A moment of silence, and she wondered if she should just turn herself in for rebooting now, to save them the trouble. Bringing him in tomorrow, I would like to see him personally. Yes, sir. And Alessandro? Don't ever take my weapon again. Yes, sir. Ella's heart hammered in her chest as the line went dead. And uh, With the creation of the algorithm came the fall of emotion and the rise of the laws of logic. Frederick D. Radley, creator of the first algorithm and founder of the New Generation Initiative, is credited with bringing the human race out of the dark ages where emotion rules and into a new era of logic. Ander read the message on the leaflet. His eyes widened as he read the rest of the message that was written in code. Look at this, he said, holding the leaflet out to Dorothy. What is it? Dorothy said, stepping carefully over a fallen concrete pillar and coming towards him. She took the leaflet from his hand, holding it between her thumb and forefinger. Is this paper? Ander almost smiled, but caught the action before it would give him away. It is a conspiracy theorist leaflet. It claims that Avery Radley renounced the creation of his father's algorithm on his deathbed and that his father did the same. Dorothy crumpled up the leaflet and pressed something on her to calm tea. The leaflet began burning. What are you doing? he asked. Instinct had him reaching over and trying to grab the burning pieces. Instinct. A dangerous notion. Something that shouldn't be in, he shouldn't be indulging in. Instinct was an emotional construct. An emotion was prohibited. It needs to be destroyed, Dorothy said, looking at him in confusion. The story is a lie. Frederick Radley single-handedly created the first algorithms that eventually led to the laws of logic. Mind should be stronger than emotion. Emotion is not necessary for higher intelligent beings. If we feel a certain way, then an algorithm explain it to us. I know, but... And a pause. It's a piece of history. Don't you think we should preserve it? That is a ridiculous notion. You have been showing excess signs of emotion lately. While emotion is an inconvenient byproduct of being human, we cannot forget that logic is greater, Dorothy said, tapping on her comte for a few moments. My comte has suggested that you take the rest of the day to recharge. I will let our tutor know. Ander wanted to say something to challenge her words, but he stopped himself. Despite all his best efforts, he was emotionally compromised. I understand the rationale for you suggesting this location as a place to visit for our research, but it was a waste of time. They really should knock it down like my father is always suggesting. Frederick Radley came up with the first algorithms here. It is not a valid reason for keeping the building preserved the way they have. It was his ideas that we remember him by. 
Physical things are unimportant. His data is preserved, and that is all that matters. That sounds like a perfect start to our essay, Anders said, modulating his voice carefully. Dorothy nodded once before walking away, her back straight, her brown hair in a neat updo on the top of her head, the perfect new gen. Anders looked around the room, yellowing wallpaper that depicted a map of the old world, rows and rows of empty bookshelves that held faint lines of books that had once been housed there, creaky floorboards that threw dust moths dancing into the air with every step. It was the only building he had ever seen that was made of bricks. Everything else was steel or glass. It wasn't just the building. The idea that Frederick Radley could have stood where he was standing and after losing his wife and child, coming up with an idea that would revolutionise the entire world. It couldn't be knocked out. It was too important. A pivotal moment in history. There were memories here. Life. I won't let them. This thought startled him and he glanced down at his comte. It had been registering high levels of emotion. The reason why no one had noticed was because Ander was an excellent coder and hacker. He'd illegally rigged his device so that it only sent out the bare minimum of data to the regional headquarters that monitored the comptes of everyone in this division. It's invasive. His comptes spiked at the thought. Maybe Dorothy was right. Emotions were confusing, like the strained tension in his chest as he looked at the leaflet that was older than both he and Dorothy combined, whittled away into nothing forgotten forever. It was why information was no longer printed on paper. Everything was digitalised. Data could always be retrieved. Ander walked to the door and hesitated. For almost two weeks he'd been getting the strangest sensation, as though someone was following him. He'd put it down to his overactive emotions, yet his instincts. That word again. He took a deep breath. Then another. Achieving the indifference, the stoicism, that was the default setting for all new gems. Smiles and laughter were for the crazy and very young. Ander left the building and took the monorail to his division. As part of the new generation, or new gen initiative, borders of cities and even entire countries had been redrawn and sectioned into divisions. There were 32 divisions in London. Ander lived in Division 11. Every division had regional headquarters that monitored the comtes of their residents. This information was fed back to Division 1. No one lived and very few people entered Division 1. According to the research Ander had painstakingly discovered, it was made up of multiple supercomputers that needed to be kept at a certain temperature and too much interference with humans could overheat the system, leading to the fall of logic. Ander stepped off the monorail and almost paused, his attention caught by a streak of colour on the rooftops, a vivid blue he had not seen in real life. Against the multitude of grey and glass buildings, it stood out. Ander kept walking, his heart racing. Betraying emotion was usually frowned upon because it led to rash actions, which was the breakdown of logic. Ander looked around subtly. No one had noticed his slight hesitation or the blue streak. Most pavements were made up of three lanes, one for people going one way, the other for people going the other. The third lane was for mobility purposes, people pushing prams and people in wheelchairs and crutches. It was rarely used by people in wheelchairs or crutches because of the advancements they'd made in bioelectronics, but it was logical to have a third lane as an option anyway. Ander walked in the right lane. The lane you joined and the pace you set was all tailored via the Comte so sufficient exercise could be had. Whilst time would be t taken into consideration so lateness very rarely occurred. Any deviation, if not pre-planned or logged, would be flagged up. Too many flags and you would have to answer to the regional division leader who usually suggested depending on the amount of flags and why they had been acquired. 
anything ranging from a subtle to severe reboot. Reboots occurred in a facility. People were linked to a computer, their brains cleared of excess emotion. Despite all the research Ander had done, he didn't know exactly how the machines were able to achieve removing excess emotion, and judging by the dead look in his neighbour's face who had been rebooted, he didn't want to know. Ander maintained his speed, the urge to turn his head and look around all consuming. He was sure, his instincts again, telling him it was somehow linked to that feeling that someone was following him. He had never seen a colour that vivid outside his screen, and he began to wonder how it was no one had noticed. Everything in Division 11 was plain, rows of houses that were all five storeys high, grey in colour. Any shops, hospital or enforcement stations were glass, also five storeys. The, Div- the Division Regional Headquarters was the only exception. It was ten storeys high, and that was made of steel, which was grey as well. Even the people blended in with the bl- bland scenery. The street was awash with grey or black clothes. Aside from the trees that were planted every 11 yards, there was no bright colours. Anna noticed a little girl turning her head to look around in the direction of the blue streak. Then her comte spiked and her father glanced down, shook his head before pulling her along. Anna finally made it home. A scan of a barcode on his comte and a fingerprint ID later, his front door opened. He put his outside shoes in a small metal box that would clean it for impurities and stepped into his inside shoes. Anna was an orphan both parents having died during a miscalculation with a reboot. He had been too young when they had died, so could not mourn them. He had not he had not been placed in a foster system because his mother's sister had agreed to follow the algorithm for raising children. She had been cleared and had raised him until the age of 16, when he was cleared to begin taking care of him. Acquiring his parents, his parents' old home had been easy. They had plenty of points that he had inherited, and the previous tenants had seen no reason to re- refuse his request. Even then, he had known to phrase it in a way that took out emotion. He walked into the kitchen. Having missed lunch at school, his comte had sent a message to the food preparation machine at his home, and the meal was waiting for him on the counter. It tasted bland, but had all the necessary ingredients he required for nutritional intake. He ate it carefully, chewing for the, chewing for the recommended time his comte had suggested before swallowing, taking this occasional sip of water when prompted. He kept his movements relaxed but inside his mind was working overtime his emotion registering as a five on his comte he had never been higher than a 7.2 and wondered if even his careful coding would would not would be enough if he ever reached a 10 his emotion spiked again as he got the strange sensation that he wasn't alone he took an extra long sip and his comte pinged and measures that he had too much water and it took a breath his food preparation device which looked like a very high-tech microwave was already preparing his snack for later. Another bland, tasteless treat. Ander kept his face neutral. Other than his bedroom, the rest of the house was monitored by the regional division through cameras. The safety algorithm had stated that if anyone was in danger or sick, then the police or ambulance crew could be dispatched without the need, the need to call. Ander had never liked it, and when he had first moved in, he had made note of every camera and blind spot and found the hidden cameras in his bedroom. He hadn't removed them, but through various accidents made them fall and face his bookshelf and wall but he was still careful he remembered the first thunderstorm he had ever experienced alone the noise had made him jump and he had laughed at his own fear a medic had knocked on his door 15 minutes later he had invited her in and after careful persuasion she had left and finished his meal he got up and placed his dish cutlery and glass in a dishwasher washed his hands twice, dried them, used the bathroom like he always did after lunch and went upstairs with slow, measured steps. 
He shut the door to his bedroom. Carefully, despite the fact there was a 9mm gun levelled squarely between his eyes. He stared at the girl who looked to be about his age. He had never seen so much colour. The blue streak had come from a scarf she wore, but her trousers were a deep, rich navy colour and her polo neck of rusty brown. It was mismatched, yet somehow it wasn't unsettling. They stared at each other for a moment, the 9mm the she had trained on him, never wavering for a moment. That is against regulation, he said, nodding to the weapon and her clothes. Manipulating your Comte's data flow is against regulation, she said, glancing down. His emotions were registering a 6.2. That is true, thereby we are both compromised in one way or the other. You admit that you are compromised? She asked, her eyes narrowing. Even if I did not believe so, your presence here suggests us. She looked like she was about to say something when her Comte ping. A strange look he couldn't decipher passed across her face. Look, I... This is not how this was supposed to go. Adapt to the mission. I can do this. She said the words quickly, and if Ander wasn't mistaken, he was sure they weren't even directed at him. I just have to bring you in now. I have, I've been watching you, and you're not like the rest of those bots, so... Excuse my interruption, but what is a bot? And as you do not intend to kidnap me or cause me harm, there's no reason for you to be aiming that weapon at me, he said. He couldn't help staring at her entire. Even the way she shifted her foot from one to the other, shifted her gaze, she felt real to him, which was an odd thing to think. He was alive, yet somehow the word suited her more. Robot? She said, enunciating the word as she holstered her weapon. I am a human being, not, not a robot, he said, confused by the use of the word. I know, she said, exasperated. Her comedy pinged again, and her eyes widened. He's already arrived, fuck! That is a prohibited word. She looked at him in a way he could only describe as lethal. I almost forgot how it was talking to a new gen, she said, and again the words didn't seem directed at him. She took a deep breath. Mm. That is a prohibited word. She looked at him in a way he could only describe as lethal. I almost forgot how it was talking to a new gen, she said, and again the words didn't seem to be directed at him. She took a deep breath. Okay, you are different from the those other bots, like Sila's daughter. Excuse the interruption, but Gregory Sila's daughter's name is Dorothy, Anders said, not liking the negative connotations of the word bot in relation to Dorothy. You see what you did right there? That's good. That's what I'm talking about, she said, nodding vigorously. You are making little to no sense. Begin your point again, and instruct, struggling to understand her. She had the strange lilt to her voice that made her words sound almost musical. It's because you're not listening. She glanced down at her comte again, another look he couldn't decipher passed across her visage. But if he had to describe it, she seemed almost afraid. Listen to me, I've been watching you, so I know that you feel, you know that living by algorithms from computers is ridiculous. Anders stared at her. He had never seen someone express this much emotion in his entire life. The effect was disorientating. He didn't know what to concentrate on, her hand movements, the shifts of her body, or her words. They all seemed so important. I do not understand what you mean. Can you code it to me? He asked. Code it to you? The stranger said, staring at him in what he deemed shocked disgust. Yes. Input what you are trying to convey to your comte. This will then analyse what you are struggling to convey and offer us a succinct summary. It can also suggest possible actions and advice that are free of emotion and will lead us back into a path of logical reasoning. Her comte pinged again and she glanced at it before her gaze settled on him once more. I'm going to fail this mission. They're going to reboot me themselves. She had been talking quietly but raised her voice at the last few words and Anna looked at the monitor on the wall. Noise above a certain decibel would send medics and law enforcement to his house. He quickly typed in that he had opened a drawer too vigorously.
which accounted for the noise. I'm sorry, she said subdued. Ander was fascinated by the change in her emotions, fascinated and fearful, and he wondered if it was safe to switch from such varied emotions so rapidly. He really wanted her to code it to him so he would understand her better. There is no need for you to apologise. My understanding of human emotion is limited. You realise you're a human being, don't you? I am a new generation human, he said, the words that he had recited every week at school out of his mouth before he even realised. She tilted her head to the side, her gaze strangely focused, which was odd. She had been looking at him this entire time, and yet it felt different, as though she could see deeper, which was absurd. Humans didn't possess the capacity to see beneath the flesh or even into the mind with their naked eye alone. Who taught you that? She was speaking slowly now, almost carefully. My tutors? You mean those robots? Yes, all tutors are robotic, Anders said, glad that he could understand her better now that her voice was modulated. Don't you think it's strange that a machine is teaching a human being anything, especially emotion? She said. Why would it be strange? Knowledge is knowledge. The manner or source in which that knowledge is attained shouldn't matter. It does matter, because a human being will describe things with emotion. She said the words softly, but Anders saw her comedy register a five on her emotional scale. I do not agree with your assessment or why it means so much to you. If you teach me that two units added to another two units will make up four new units, then it is fact. If a machine teaches me the same thing, it is still fact. She watched him for a long moment, then took a few steps close to him, a few inches just outside what the social algorithm deemed appropriate for personal space. She took another step forward, then another, and Ander didn't have to look down to know that his comedy would be registering intense emotion. Though he couldn't understand why her nearness would trigger an emotional response from him. What is the most beautiful thing you have ever seen? She asked. Her breath was warm and smelt like something sweet. Carol, maybe. Such things were prohibited. The health algorithm stating that fresh fruit should be substituted to sweets. But Ander knew that no fruit could be the source of the smell. Well, the stranger said. Her brown, eye, her brown eyes on closer inspections were a deeper brown. Like dark chocolate, her expression open, conveying too much emotion for Ander to process. The stranger sighed. Fine. What about a sunset? Ander was confused by the change in topic and wondered if he had misunderstood the definition of the word. He input it into his comedy. Sunset. Noun. The setting or descent of the sun below the horizon in the evening, he recited. I know what the word means, but how does it make you feel? You have seen a sunset before, haven't you? I am sure I have witnessed it through the course of my life, though why it would be noteworthy or even beautiful escapes me. The stranger smiled wildly, and the sight startled Ander. She noticed and stopped. Meet me on the rooftop at sunset, she said before walking back over to his bed and disappearing up the vent. Ella. Ella couldn't help but smile at the wonder on Ander's face as they both sat on the roof and watched the sunset. She soaked in the view. If she failed, then this would probably be the last time she would see the sky anyway, so she might as well enjoy it. She turned her comedy, she turned her comedy into dark mode for sleep. She didn't know how long that would last, especially since she now knew Hamza could easily access her comedy. Ander turned to her as darkness fell. I cannot understand why witnessing something I know takes place every day is invoking an emotional response from me. Just because it takes place every day doesn't mean it's less wonderful. He nodded and looked up at the sky, the stars, the stars just beginning to show. Ella couldn't help but staring at him. He was a handsome lot, very handsome, and the best part was didn't even know it. Skin the colour of warm honey, lashes longer than longer and thicker than any girl she had ever seen, bright green eyes that didn't even look real, and perfectly shaped full lips. He was a heartbreaker. And if one of the guys she knew had his face in his body, they would be swagging around drunk off their own looks. 
thinking that everyone should bow down to them. But this bot had probably never received a single compliment in his entire life. Even now, he was sitting with his hands clasped neatly in his lap, back straight, maintaining a distance some stupid algorithm told him was acceptable. She moved closer, and he turned to her. He even moved like a robot, his actions measured and precise. What was the purpose of showing me this? He said, his voice measured. So, she hesitated. When she had first been shown a sunset, everything had clicked into place for her, and she had known from that moment on that living the life of a new-gen bot was not for her. Then again, she had been seven. I just thought you should witness beauty. But what is the purpose of it? He said. It's beautiful. It has no purpose. She said, exasperated. All her careful planning out the window. She was bone-weary from lack of sleep. Since the attack, she hadn't had a proper night's sleep. And this mission had taken everything out of her. If it has no purpose, then what is the use of it? He asked, in that same infuriatingly calm, measured manner, all Nugent spoken, as though they knew all the answers and were waiting for you to catch up. It's not about having a use, it's about how it makes you feel, inside. She said, trying to keep her voice even, despite how much he was annoying her. A part of her just wanted to trank him, toss him onto her motorcycle and hand deliver him to Hams himself. Save a lot of time. What is the purpose of that, he said, his voice infuriatingly superior, looking at her like she was stupid. Because you're a human being, because you feel you're supposed to feel, that's what makes us human, you ridiculous bot, she said, losing her temper. You see, he said with a slight shake of his head, you cannot even form a significant counter-argument, because emotion is hazing your mind, cutting off all logic. What is the purpose of indulging in something that, for the most part, always seems to have negative effects on one's decision-making? Emotions are what make us human. Human being, noun, a man, woman or child of the species, homo sapiens, distinguished from other animals by superior mental development, power of articulate speech and upright stance. Feeling emotion does not a human make us. You will have to make a better argument than that to ever convince me. Ella felt a thrill, thrill of fear as Anders stood up in one fluid motion she wouldn't have expected from a bot. Her hand strayed to her gun. She couldn't hesitate this time. Not like last time. Her hesitation had cost the lives of eight people. Eight people were dead because she couldn't do what needed to be done. Whatever she'd problem with Hamza, it wasn't worth this. Why did you follow me up here? Why have you rigged your comte? She asked quickly, unholstering her weapon. His gaze shifted to the weapon, but there was no fear in his eyes. Not unusual for a new gen. They were trained to show no emotion, but sometimes, training or not, instinct kicked in. But clearly Ander was either very good at pretending, or he wasn't afraid. For research purposes. That is a lie, she said, clicking the safety off. I do not lie. But as you are registering high levels of emotion and are currently waving a weapon, I shall expand further. I was curious. I have always been susceptible to expressing excess levels of emotion. According to a psychological book I read, it is because I am an orphan and have not properly grieved. She blinked, taken aback by his candour. Why didn't you grieve? It is illogical to miss something you don't even remember having, he said, and yet Ella saw it, a flash of confusion across his face. You miss your parents. It's okay to miss them, she said, lowering the weapon. I was not old enough to form proper attachments to them. Certainly my memories of them are not clear enough to. Those are the lies they feed you, can't you see it? His brow frowned, and Ella smiled at the show of emotion. Would you tell Dorothy what you just told me about the psychological book? Ella asked as calmly as possible as she lowered her weapon. No, I would not. Why not? Because she would not understand. Dorothy, unlike me, and definitely unlike you, is the perfect new gen. 
Ella laughed and Ander jumped, which made her only laugh harder. Was that a joke? Did you just make a joke? She said, smiling. Ander shook his head. There was a strange look on his face. What? She said, still smiling. Never heard of laughter before. Another shake of his head. Then he said almost hesitantly, I have never been the cause of someone's merriment before. Strange that I should feel a positive emotion because you are experiencing one. Emotion at its finest, Ella said, feeling triumphant. They were silent for a few moments. You can ask me now, you know, Ander said, breaking the silence. When Ella looked confused, he, he said, Ask me to join your mission to overthrow the laws of logic, the sole reason why you are here. I'm surprised you just came out with it. Subterfuge is an emotional construct. New Genesis say what they feel, Ander said in that superior voice she hated. Funny, since New Genesis don't feel at all. You are stalling. Ask me. Without the use of your weapon, we both know I'm not afraid. And my answers won't change, he said, or more like instructed. Ella, Ella folded her arms to stop herself from hitting him or maybe shooting him. I would ask that you code me this emotion you are feeling, but we both know you will not, Ander said after a few moments of silence. I don't have to code it to you, Ander, because you already understand, Ella said. My name is Anderson, not Ander. I prefer Ander, she said with a smile as he almost frowned. As I was saying, I prefer Ander, she said with a smile as he almost frowned. As I was saying, some part of you knows that we aren't supposed to live like this. We aren't supposed to curb a child's enthusiasms when they, when they see something beautiful or not be able to mourn our parents. Emotions are supposed to haze our minds sometimes, supposed to make us do silly things. It's called living. Emotions also help us make good decisions, push us when we have nothing left. Let's us know that someone, somewhere out there, cares about us. Ella said, taking a step closer to Anda and getting into his line of sight. Emotions do make us human. So I ask you, will you join us in bringing it back? Why was it that you picked me? He said, not stepping away from her close contact. I see the way you look at Dorothy. Yes, the life partner algorithm states that she is supposed to be your wife because you're compatible economically, socially, intellectually. But you like her. No logic, no coding. You have a crush. That's emotion. That does not seem like a sufficient reason. Obviously, you're a very good hacker and we would love to know how you're able to trick your comte so well, Ella said smoothly. She'd perfected the lie so well she almost believed it herself. Anders' gaze was steady as he said, I will join you. I sincerely hope you enjoyed my first podcast. And that was the first half of the extract of the algorithm. I will be doing the next half next week. I have another story, um, the second podcast, that will be um, the Galactic Confessionary. Please follow me on all the socials, Twitter at CreativelyAnzi and Instagram CreativelyAnzi. And I have a blog that's called Chocolate's the Only Cure. I have a crowdfund, so please support that. The Sickle Cell Warrior is a story that I'm writing with my friend who's an illustrator, so please support that. Thank you very much for listening. Bye.